John. Good morning, church. Uh, today's reading comes from Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 12, verses 12 to 27. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit to, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free. And we were all given the one spirit to drink. And so the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. Thank you, John. And good morning all. Uh, whether you are here or there or wherever, um, our theme this morning is about belonging together. And I wonder who you happened to see as you were looking around the church earlier, as uh, you were invited to do. Uh, I'm sure there are people that you know quite well. Um, there may have been those that you have seen in the past or today, but uh, have never spoken to. Uh, but you might know who they are um, in a sort of second-hand sort of way. Uh, there may be those you have never seen before. Uh, there may be those who are visitors this morning or for the first time, in which case, welcome. There may be members of your own family. And one of the things uh, we've discovered about Shirley Baptist Church is that there's a whole network of interrelated families. So that's a great likelihood that you've set your eyes upon a member of your family. 
There may be those who have shared their faith with you. There may be those who have prayed with you. Those who have led you through youth groups and all that sort of thing. There's a sense of belonging, but it's not just about being together, is it? Uh, Because even this morning we will have come together, we will have been together, uh, we will not have spoken to most people who are here before we go home again. Yet we have that great sense of belonging And there are those who aren't here this morning who belong. Uh, The ladies who are away in Malvern for the weekend. Um, Those who are online, uh, you're not with us, and yet I hope you feel that you belong. So belonging is also about different places and different times. It's not just about being here and now. And while it's not always easy, I think, to belong, there are times when we always uh, perhaps feel a little on the outside of things, as if we're looking in. It's not always easy to feel as if we're at the heart of things. There is, I trust, a sense that belonging together, uh, we are a gift to each other. We gain something from each other. We are enabled to be in the presence of Christ more uh, of our true selves. In the church context, that we grow in faith because we belong to one another. I'm sure, like us as a family, you have got boxes of family photos at home uh, that on occasion you will get out and rummage through and reminisce and all that sort of thing. And there may be relatives who you're less familiar with and you have to ask somebody else, well, who's that? I don't recognise them. And yet you're all part of the same family. In terms of church, uh, I count myself privileged, really, that from day one I have felt a part of this big family of Jesus, uh, simply because uh, I was born in a church manse. And so I imagine that there were always people around me who were part of the body of Christ, And I had that sense of belonging, not only to my uh, own family, but to this wider family uh, of the church. But I think uh, it was only when I was in my teenage years that I had a real sense that there was something important beyond just me. Uh, I used to come downstairs on a Friday morning, uh, probably about seven o'clock or something, to get my uh, breakfast to go off to school. Uh, And on a Friday morning, my dad was always going out of the front door uh, with with a little 
carrier bag in which I knew were uh, a pot of margarine, a jar of marmalade, um, and, and knives and other things that you might need for breakfast. And he would be going off, he'd buy the rolls in the baker's on the way, and he would be meeting uh, with uh, the Baptist minister, the Anglican vicar, and he himself as the minister of what was then the Congregational Church, uh, and they would share morning prayers together and have breakfast. And that would happen on a Friday. And there, for me, was this sense that, uh, yes, this family of the church was bigger just than the church that I went to on a Sunday morning. Uh, it was the churches that were down the road. Um, and there was this wider sense of belonging. And that has grown for me over the years. And uh, you'll understand because I worked for uh, Birmingham churches together and all the churches across the Birmingham and Solihull uh, and then went to work for churches together in England um, that things got bigger by scale and there was this much wider sense of belonging. And it's this wider sense of belonging that takes us beyond our own experience, isn't it? And somehow stretches us in our faith and helps us to grow. We see things through other people's eyes. We understand God through other people's perspective. Uh, and we grow. And as we read through the New Testament, the Acts of the Apostles and Paul's letters in particular, uh, we see how the early church is wrestling and coping within this sort of sense of discovery of a, a wider picture. Because there are those churches that have... Uh, somehow maintained their roots within the, the Jewish faith uh, with all its customs and practices. And there are those that have got their Gentile roots and they have a, a very different personality and flavour. Uh, and Paul is helping the churches wrestle with this through his letters. And we have read part of his letter to the church in Corinth this morning. He's confronting that division that was there because everybody belonged together. There was a sense that they all needed to help each other grow in faith. In the third chapter of this first letter to the church in Corinth, um, Jesus talk, uh, Paul talks to uh, uh, writes to the church about you know those who say I belong to Paul and there are those who say I belong to Apollos um, and if you do so you're just being merely human because what really matters is that you belong to Christ and Christ belongs to God But there is more 
Yes, we belong to Christ. Uh, but the church is more than about a common interest. We're not a club, are we? We haven't come this morning because we have a common interest or we're joining in, well, we do join in worship, so there is a common activity. But it's not the same as going to play bowls or going to an art class or gardening or whatever. We belong and we cannot do without each other. That, for me, is the strongest message that comes out of our reading this morning in 1 Corinthians 12, about the body and its different parts. Not just that we belong together, not just that we might be together, but that actually we can't do without each other. When our children were um, sort of on the verge of teenage, I think, uh, we went to France on holiday and to the community of Taizé in Burgundy. It's a monastic community. It was founded by a Swiss Reformed Church minister um, and currently, and has for quite some time, attracted vast numbers of particularly younger people from across the world uh, to go and be there and to witness the life of this community together. It's multinational, it's multilingual, uh, but, and it's known perhaps for its music, uh, largely chants in Latin with very lovely melodies. But I think for me, the key thing about this community and that it, the thing that enables uh, all these thousands of people who gather there week by week through the year is what happens if you go to worship along with the chants there is silence. It's a simple scripture reading and there is silence. A lot of it. It's a community that is about listening, being tuned in to God, the God we know in Jesus. And when you're not in the church as part of the regular uh, times of prayer during the day, you will find groups of people around the village and in the fields uh, gathered simply sharing Bible passages. There's a scripture for the day and people will gather to share. Again, they're multilingual. You have to cope with sorting out the translation between you finding some sort of common language. It's, it's quite a lengthy process uh, at times. Um, but that's a key thing. Reading the word of God, sharing it together,
prayerfully listening. Belonging together, belonging to Christ. And so one can develop a sense of this family of belonging amongst Christians of any flavour. I hope it's something you experience in other situations, perhaps churches you go to that you're not familiar with. But not being familiar doesn't matter because you have that sense of belonging to those who belong with you to Jesus. But we're all different, aren't we? And we all have that part to play. Uh, It's very clear from uh, Paul and Karen's illustration before. Um, What do we learn? What do we gain from those who perhaps we don't meet regularly? I know early on in my sort of uh, interest in pursuing uh, church ministry, Um, And perhaps because I'm an artist as well, um, I had a great interest in the Orthodox Church. Um, One of the earliest, or the going back to the roots of the earliest churches, um, and worshipping in a very different way to ourselves. Uh, Lots of visual images, the icons that surround you in an Orthodox Church. Um, a veneration of saints, those who have gone before, um, a sense of, of heaven, if you like. And it raises for me the issue, uh, how aware am I? How much do I sense that I belong to all those who have gone before in the faith? that this big family that I'm a part of stretches way, way, way back and yet is very present because we believe that Jesus gives us eternal life. Are they not as much part of the church today as the church then? The children uh, used to sing at a, a children's crusade we used to have in a church back in Liverpool. When we all get to heaven, who shall we see? You and me. Jonah who was swallowed by the whale. Peter who was sinking in the gale. Uh, Jesus who can never, never fail. And you and me. Well, I don't necessarily think of heaven like that. But it does challenge one. Uh, about uh, belonging with those who have gone before us in the faith. In my work in Birmingham, I came across, uh, well, they have three congregations, I think, in Birmingham, the Church of the Cherubim and Seraphim. Well, I, I don't count myself really yet amongst the Cherubim and the Seraphim, um, these biblical figures who are floating around in, in heaven, worshipping God. Um, but there are these churches 
They have their origins in Nigeria and they wear all white for worship. I don't think I'd ever dare wear all white. Um, But the important thing about this particular group of Christian people is that they have a great emphasis on um, seeking forgiveness, seeking the gift of the Holy Spirit, being renewed and cleansed so that they, as part of the family of Christ, the body of Christ, might be worthy of the presence of God's Holy Spirit in their lives. And it begs the question in my life, uh, do I spend as much time as I might, ensuring that I am worthy of God's gift of the Holy Spirit. In John 13, we read about the foot washing of the disciples, Jesus kneeling at their feet and washing. And you'll recall that Peter said to Jesus, not me, you're not doing my feet. And Jesus simply says to Peter, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Unless I wash you, you don't belong. Perhaps a harsh word for Peter, but a key one for us. Unless we allow the Holy Spirit to cleanse us, to renew us, to make us worthy, we cannot belong. And yet we know, don't we, that while for us baptism is a key part of our uh, Christian journey, um, it is a sort of ongoing thing. We have to daily be renewed by the Holy Spirit in order that we might belong together with Jesus. In his letter to the Galatians, Paul wrote, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So we set aside all those things that we might take on all that is of Christ. We're all familiar, I imagine, with the charismatic movement. Uh, It's not really called that as such these days because it's become uh, very much a mainstream uh, sense within the life of churches that the Holy Spirit and its uh, freedom of worship um, is quite key. It was always uh, flavoured with uh, energetic worship. Well, we have energetic worship, um, but it's not just to do with that, is it? Because uh, if you think about it, the Quaker movement 
who are into silence and listening, again, very much about sensing the Spirit of God. And we, in our church polity, uh, we are about sensing the Spirit of God in our life together, are we not? Paul's letter to the Romans, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. The Spirit isn't a movement. The Spirit is God enabling us to belong to him and in belonging to him, belonging together. If we go to uh, a Catholic church, not necessarily a Roman Catholic church, any church of the Catholic persuasion, we will find that Worship focuses very much, in fact, Christian life focuses very much on receiving Christ in the sacrament of communion. The emphasis, which we find perhaps a little difficult, is about the real presence of Christ in the sacrament. But is there not a question there for us as non-conformists. How do we enable the presence of Christ to be real in us, in our life and in our faith? It's as important to us as to any Catholic. We may just understand it slightly differently. But we belong together, we learn from each other, we are prompted by each other in our faith. If we know anything about the church in Birmingham, then we know something about the black majority churches. And So many of they have sprung out of the experience of slavery and suffering. We're all familiar with gospel music. If you go to worship in a black majority church, it's not all about suffering, it's about glory. It's about the presence of Jesus and the fact that we're on our way to be in his closer presence, to feel that gift of eternal life, to know it. And Paul wrote a lot about suffering as a Christian, but also the glory of being and belonging with Christ in his letter to the Romans. So here are all parts of the body of Christ and we belong together 
Our background is very different. We come from different places. We worship in different places in different ways. But together we grow closer to Christ. Currently, there are some challenges, I think, within the life of the church. Uh, There always have been, no doubt. But uh, it may have concerned you as it concerned me that the Russian Orthodox Church is very much behind what is going on in Ukraine at the moment. And there are those, including uh, Keith Clements from within the Baptist Union family, who have written to the patriarch of the Russian Orthodox Church to say... We need a word from you, a word from Christ. As yet, it's not been forthcoming. But we're challenged if there are parts of the body of Christ that seem to be uh, a bit off kilter, not as faithful or as close to Jesus as we would perceive. But perhaps in wrestling with all that, we face the question for ourselves, where do I compromise my faith? Where am I off the line, so to speak? So even in these times of challenge, we can learn and we can grow because of other parts of the church and their experience. But in sharing Jesus and belonging to Christ with this vast family, we find, I trust above all, that at the centre of it all is the cross. And the simple fact that Jesus died, not just for you and not just for me, but for all of us. Jesus died for all and his scars are the scars of our sinfulness as much as anybody else's. But by his wounds we are healed as are others. And the risen Jesus bears those scars and those marks. And we do not do well by averting our eyes uh, from those who are struggling in their faith and pretending that we're okay. Because we need to grow closer to Christ as others do. But we do it together because we belong together. So I trust that as we explore further through our life here in Shirley Baptist Church, all that it means to belong together, we do realise that it's about 
belonging to Jesus, in in whose love we are bound together, uh, that we may then grow in our faith and in our love as we face the challenges and our weaknesses, and that being together we may encourage one another in prayer and in faith. Amen.